back, Ram fans. This is Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. We are proud members of the Fans First Sports Network. That's fansfirstsports.com. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our channel is at L.A. Rams Up. I'm your host, Mark. You'll hear from my co-host, Tom, on occasion as well. Hey, we're not Rams insiders. We're just longtime fans who love talking about our Los Angeles Rams. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans, episode 360, and we have another roundtable coming up here for you. Paul Walia, Ian Martinez, and Tom Kortz talking a variety of subjects, all Rams-centric. Well, not everything, actually. They're going to talk about Championship Weekend, Ravens and the Chiefs, Niners and the Lions. They're going to talk about the Pro Bowl, and they're going to talk about all these Ram coaching vacancies. And and be forewarned, as they were recording this, Denard Wilson hired by the Titans as their defensive coordinator, and that's one of the guys Ian and Paul were hoping for. Their hearts were broken while they were recording this, but we left it in there. Let's get to the roundtable right now. Welcome to another edition of the Rams Up Roundtable. I'm your host, Tom, at at Ramsbeat on X, and joined by our regular panelists here, Ian and Paul. How's it going, guys? Doing good, doing good. Yep, I mean, another week down before the bowl. That's exciting. You know, hey, football, the end of the 2023 campaign's coming to a close. And gentlemen, we got to start getting our crap together as an organization because 2024 is around the corner. We got a lot of people leaving the building. That's kind of (laughs) sucks. I know. Who would have thought in a rebuilding year? That we have this mass exodus, right? Yeah. So, yeah, let's let's. I don't know. What was it? Did we ever have a, a OC and a DC? Have we had an OC and a DC leave in the same year? I'm not sure. I can't remember. But mm, um, O'Con- okay. so let's go through it. O'Connell, the Super Bowl yeah. year left. Raheem Staley. Um, yeah. We go back the year before Staley, or the year before Staley left, but uh, O'Connell was still there. So no. Mm-hmm. Um, Liam Cohen in 2022. Raheem still stayed. I don't yeah. think so. I don't think anybody was Greg Olson ever the OC, or was he just a quarterbacks coach? I don't remember exactly. Was, yeah, I think he was just he wasn't an OC. So I don't um, think so. My yeah, head. I don't think no. so. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So yeah, who would have thought in in our remodel year that we had at least yeah. both of our quarterbacks? So let's dive into that real quick here. Uh, so let's talk about. Uh, let's start with OC since he went first, right? Okay, so Zach Robinson, right? He's not exactly one of the most talked about coaches in uh on the Rams staff right over the over the years and Mm -hmm. so just a little history been with the Rams four years three as an assistant uh quarterbacks coach um had some had some responsibilities in the passing game primarily and then this last year was the primary quarterbacks coach and passing game coordinator now his history before that he was he was uh I was a quarterback in the league. And then he went, um, he had maybe coached a little bit, but for the prior to joining the Rams, he was, uh, with PFF for a little while. And then also, yeah, con- a lot of pro- yeah PFF, co- the controversial PFF, everyone yeah, the, either loves the, or the hates, country, know, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, he had a little different role yeah, than yeah. going and watching a tape and grading players, but, um, sure, yeah. 
Well, I think he, Brian Allen should get part of his salary because he never would have got that extension if it wasn't for PFF. Yeah, yeah. Oh. and but he was also like a private quarterbacks coach, um, also, and you know, it's, I think his real talent is quarterback uh, prep, right? And so if um, you know, hey, if in Atlanta they draft somebody instead of trying to trade for somebody, uh, and then you know he, he's an ideal candidate for that. I, you know. Can he play? Can he call plays? I guess that's still up in the air. I just I was talking to some fa- Falcons fans and uh, on this on the spaces. And my take was, it, Raheem knows, you know. And in Raheem, we trust. Um, you got to trust that guy to be making the right calls. But you know, we'll see what happens anyway. Uh, so, but the the big question is, who to replace? Um, uh, you know, who who to who to step in? Um, on that, on um, you know, t- is there anybody that we need to step in at that position? Uh, are we good with with McVeigh and Lafleur? I mean, is there you have any thoughts on that? Go ahead, Paul. I gotta gather my thoughts on this one. <laughs> I mean, I think for if you look at past the history, right? I uh, I think it's all familiarity. So the reason mcveigh is so comfortable letting um assistants walk away is that even when he brings in people from the outside it's a matter of either them being familiar him being familiar with them or them bringing over something that he's familiar with so i think it's all familiarity i don't i don't know how much of a of a loss it's going to be from the rams perspective um we've done it every year um it's a reality yeah, you know, I mean, look, he doesn't really. I can think of. I think he blocked coaches maybe what twice over the last three years that I can recall yeah. off the top of my head. And were those moves like lateral moves, like OC to OC for another team that were in an elevation? Yeah, I mean, I think O'Connell got blocked because I think there were some team was trying to snag him for their OC. Yeah, I think we blocked that for sure. And I think the only one that really like I was always like, I mean, like. Things that sort of puzzled me were when Thomas Brown, the scenario with Thomas Brown, and he never got a gig offer when he was with the Rams. I always thought that was a little weird. Um, letting, I, I always thought yeah, letting, Just yeah. in terms of Thomas Brown, I mean, just to touch on him, that's a really good point because he was the OC for the um, for the Panthers, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 with that change in uh, – That didn't go in, well. Yeah, with, that, with that whole change in, in coaching staff – he took a uh, he took a he's not even an OC anymore. He took a like a passing game coordinator job at another team, and the Rams. The Bears. Yeah, the Bears, right? And the and the Rams mm-hmm. could have. But why didn't the Rams bring him back in that capacity? Maybe he didn't see the. Uh, maybe he didn't see see the career. Yeah, the rear career. And we did. I did misspeak. I, I, I was saying the Rams lost their OC and DC. Obviously, Michael Fur is still the OC. We lost our DC with Raheem, so we did not. We lose know what you meant. I was just. I was just. I, I don't know why I had it in my mind because we because our oh because our we lost uh, our. <laughs> Well, let's just let's just recap. Raheem goes to Atlanta, yeah. coaches, coaches great, Zach great Robinson. Move. Yeah, poaches great uh, Zach Robinson yeah. to become his OC, and then turns around and poaches Jimmy Lake, who's yeah. assistant head coach for the Rams, to be the DC. Great, so he was the old Washington coach too, right, gentlemen? He was Washington, Washington, yeah, University, University of Washington. Washington. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah right. So, um, yeah. So the bigger question, of course, is then you know our DC, right? Because Okay, there's probably a lot of good quarterback passing and coordinator coaches out there. So on the DC front, let's just talk about Jimmy Lake for a second. Jimmy Lake, University of Washington, 
right? And he 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 left that program very controversially. I mean, he he got accused of shoving a player and then getting dismissed. <laughs> That's um, right. I forgot about right? that. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, and uh, and then he gets hired with the Rams as the associate um, head coach. And in a year, remember when McVeigh was trying to uh, reduce some of his responsibilities? So maybe they felt like he was good administratively, good with both of the staffs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Didn't sound so. like he had a big. Didn't sound like he had a really big role in either the. I know he's a defensive guy, but um, in either the defense or offense. So it sounds like you know. It, kind of putting two and two together. It sounds like Raheem took him because he trusts him because he, A, he knows Raheem's defense, right? Because he was yeah. around it for a whole year. That's and yeah. he knows, um, and he's good administratively because he's, you know, has the maturity, et cetera. He's not some newbie. So um, he's been a head coach in college and so forth. So structurally speaking, so he probably just said, hey, come on over, Jimmy, and run my, um, and run my defense. There yeah, you go. It sounds right. It's it's familiarity. I mean, that's a huge huge advantage for you know you know what who the individual is from a personality standpoint. You know what they bring with them. How much of it is the X's and O's? Probably not as much as people really uh, realize. So I mean, when you're building a, a team, that's a major advantage. Uh, I think we were talking about it last week, right? Ian, we were saying like, look, you know, we we have the people that we think. Oh wow! I'd love for them to bring this wrinkle to the passing game. I would love for them to bring this wrinkle to the, de- you know, the dif- defensive game plan on a regular basis. Yeah. Reality is, Big Vay is going to bring somebody that he is familiar with, that he's comfortable with. No surprises when he's working on something. He knows what's happening in the background, right? That's exactly you know what he's probably going to do, and that's why he's comfortable with losing assistance like two or three at his shot. It's insane. Right? It's insane. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we lose people all the damn time. It's it's really it's expected now. I mean, the tree is is growing, man. And the tree, the coaching tree, everybody, it's it's pretty legit for a for a coach who's yeah. not even 40 years old, right? Right? McVeigh's still under 40. Yeah, he's 38. Still <laughs> like, yeah. the third. Insane, yeah, there's dude. two. Yeah, with uh McDonald's hiring today in Seattle. Mm. Uh, he's now the third youngest coach with Mayo and then McDonald's a little younger. They're all 38. They're all within six months. The only difference right. is Mayo and McDonald have been a head coach for, you know, uh, one day and then two weeks respectively. But, but yeah. McVay's been one was going into his eighth year. So uh, yeah. Yeah. If he, if he had it in him, he could break every record in the book, but I, he doesn't, he doesn't have it in him to go the, uh, the Belichick Andy Reid route. I don't think. Uh, I don't and, think so either. And can, I, that's okay. and can I say one thing before uh, we get into the other topics? A shout out to Les Snead. I think uh, Tom and I were talking about this, and uh, we didn't get a chance to delve into it last week. But shout out to Les Snead. He publicly uh, sort of just showered um, Coach Morris with accolades. Right. And I think that really was a yeah. big deal. Uh, think about it. What was it? maybe three days after it happened, uh, Morris got the sort of unofficial in the media that he was going to get hired. And then a day later it was official. So shout out to Les Snead. Yeah. Yeah. So shout out to Les Snead for doing that. That's exactly how you do it, man. You know, you let people know. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And shout out to those those compensation picks. Thanks. Thanks, uh, NFL system. We'll take those too. 
<laughs> yeah, we get two, two third round, two end of the third yeah. round picks, uh, one this year and one next year. So, uh, but let's talk about the uh, the biggest hole to fill, right? Is that DC position, and um, and yeah. so who do we who steps in for Raheem in into that position? So since we talked about this last week, different people jumping in, right? So we had um, the biggest one is like we just talked about McDonald going to to Seattle. So that means. Um, mm-hmm. Was it Ravens Denard? DC? Yeah, yeah, Ravens DC. Um, and yes, I did bring up Denard uh, Wilson as a possibility. Yeah, the Denard Wilson coach from the Ravens. It feels like, you know, we we started to chat offline here a little bit about it, and um, it seems like Ravens will elevate them because you know they're the opposite of the Rams. They elevate their guys, <laughs> you know, the bigger <laughs> roles. Rams don't. Yeah. Ravens do. Harbaugh yeah. likes it. That's cool. And if he doesn't get elevated, then he's probably going to jump to D.C. with Seattle with McDonald, right? Doesn't it feel that way, yeah. gentlemen? I don't know if it feels that exactly way right. Oh, that was my guy who I wanted. That's probably not going to happen now unless the pay's better than those two spots with McDonald, Seattle, Ravens, Harbaugh. Uh, so my guy's probably out of it, but hey, we're still hoping. I don't know. Happens. We'll see. You never, yeah, you never know. He's a, he's a great he's a great fit. He, he got a lot of play. Um, I mean, I think we all felt like he would be a great candidate. The bottom line is just I think so too, the yeah. track record of not so much him, but of the Rams points in a totally different direction, right? And, yeah. you know, like we talked about Weaver. We had talked about uh, Wilson. Uh, and we had to, who was the third? I think somebody had brought up a third person. Oh, uh, the guy from t- uh, Tennessee, Bo and I had brought up. So there, there's always great candidates every year, but the reality is, I, I honestly, uh, I think, I think, you know, going back to my whole um, familiarity standpoint, I think it's, I think it's eventually going to be Staley again, but I think, I think Denard is definitely, yeah, I think Denard is still in the running though. I really do. Yeah, Denard. Yeah, Wilson. So, yeah. So Ian, you think <laughs> it's going to be Staley? Dude, over uh, something else we were chatting a little before we started, we jumped on air here. The more and more I sat on it, let Paul's words of, of wisdom just seep into my brain after the last pod we got together. It just it just makes the most sense. Why? A couple things, and I thought about it a ton. Number one, let's just be real. Staley would love to have this gig back. He lives in LA already. His family has been ushered in this area since 2020. I, he, the, the kids and the wife don't want to leave. That's a tough gig everyone forgets about. Let's just be real. Family's got to bolt and be ready to bolt on a year-to-year basis, sometimes even faster than that if things go south. Coaches, players, everybody, front office people. That's just the sour side of the NFL business of making millions of dollars, but that's a part of it. So I'm sure he would be happy to stay in the L.A. area, doesn't have to move, maybe just drive an extra 30 minutes to the facility, you know, wherever his new place is after being head coach. Makes sense in the life aspect. I think even the football aspect, it makes sense because, guys, I re-listened to some of the episodes of Jordan Rodriguez, the Rams athletic reporter, writer, who does great stuff, the 11 Personnel podcast as well. And she did that cinematic storytelling podcast about offense and the young play callers called the play callers. And in one of the episodes I was listening back to was how insanely explosive, you could say 
the practices were in 2020 between Staley's defense, which ended up being number one in the whole NFL, versus you no know, McVay's offense, and which started the seeds of Goff getting kicked out of the Rams, basically because he couldn't do crap in practice. But Staley's defensive practices were so hardcore based on Jordan's reports, based on McVay's reports. And I say hardcore in like a good way, like, wow, it was fantastic, which, hey, ushered in a number one defense. So I think those things combined, we know how McVay loves to almost fantasize about any of that type of stuff, which is why he loves the Fangio system, which is another reason why he loves Belichick, three, four style defense. I just think it's going to happen for all those reasons. Paul, yeah. from last week, that re-listening about how McVay was so enamored about practices against him every day, the the life stuff with Staley probably wanting to stay in L.A., all that to say it's probably going to happen. And I think he interviewed today. He might interview again tomorrow. I'm not exactly 100% on that. Packers already hired a new D.C. Other guys are filling in those spots. It just It just makes sense. And I know I talked crap last week <laughs> a little bit. And... We can re-listen to that. I will not back away from all that, but I feel like he's probably going to get rehired, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, Staley, McVay was, I mean, the whole story, you know, to summarize is is that the Super Bowl year, or the, you know, the first Super Bowl in 18, that season they played the Bears. Fangio was the D.C., couldn't, couldn't do anything against the Bears, got shut down, went, you know, went to the Super Bowl, blew through everybody, high-powered offense. And then Belichick studied that tape, implemented that game plan, um, and then also, you know, not only implemented that, that kind of too high shell, light box situation on Goff, but also didn't even show it until after McVeigh got out of his ear and then made Goff figure it out and was just moving people around. So, the, the, you know, the sort of the the, the – tag team the whole thing and and we know what that led to three points so um so that's when mcveigh fell in love with that that defense but now we fast forward 2024 a, a lot of the league is running variations of that defense and the league is starting to catch up with it the offensive coordinators have you know essentially yeah. caught up with it to some degree so yeah. uh so you know thank god raheem was able to put his spin on it and we started blitzing more and doing other things but, you know, I just don't know if Staley, he brought, he brought something uh, to the team because he was the first guy off the Fangio tree. He knew that defense as well as anybody, and he loved it. That's why he was brought in. But now, you know, fast forward six years, I don't know if, if he's still the guy. Like he, he obviously didn't show in San Diego that he could adjust to the new offenses, right? I mean, he didn't – and it wasn't like he had a piss-poor – uh, cast of characters out there. I mean, he had a lot more talent than the Rams did. Paul, what are your thoughts? Sure. On so the one thing, so, you know, I think, you know, going to Ian's argument and, you know, the guys that I, I had named and Ian had named in terms of um, assistance we wanted coming over to take the defense. The theme was a more attacking, aggressive defense, right? Um, as much as I like, listen, I, I love that whole cover six setup. I love that quarter setup that you see a lot of teams running, right? Um, what I watched when he, well, before he retired, I thought saving seven was awesome, you know, when you catch an Alabama game, right? But 
that's us, yeah, because we love that as as fans and you know guys who love the X's and O's and things like that. Mm-hmm. The one thing only against the Staley hiring is this: the way it happened. And if you think back to um, when we were when we were talking about going back a couple of seasons when Staley was here, is that I and this is just my personal thing. I hate it when assistants interview during the playoffs. I think it's such a bad practice in the NFL. And if you remember, a lot of Ram uh, players were pissed off because I think it happened like the week of the – what was the game against Seattle, I think it was, right? And there was like that one shot of the sideline where they were like, like – I think it was Aaron Donald walked away from him. Like they were there was something going on, uh, I guess, a coaching moment, and he walked away from him. I think there was a lot of really pissed off players because I think they, you know, they did. Um, I think they genuinely did like him. Um, they did love the defensive setup, but you know, I will. I think that will stop anyone. Probably not. Um, but I think that's why um, the Rams have that philosophy of letting so many assistants walk away. And almost Tom's point a couple weeks ago, he was talking about the CEO head coaches. What's the shelf life of an assistant that brings over something like, you know, earth shattering in the NFL, right? How long is that system, right, going to be like, right, we saw it with the Eagles, right? How long is it going to, how long is it going to be like, oh, wow, right? Maybe two or three seasons, a team, you know, other teams catch on, right? People get hired for other things. So you have about a two-year window anyway, three-year window anyway with a great assistant. So I think that's where maybe the Rams organization sort of may have hit on something. It's like, listen, we're not going to put all our eggs in one basket anyway. They're going to bring over a wrinkle. That wrinkle is going to be relevant for about two or three seasons. We'll integrate it, maybe adopt part of it, and then we'll you know, we'll either move on or bring in a fresh perspective. Like I, I, that term always gets thrown around. We'll bring in a fresh perspective of things, and then we'll move forward from there so we don't have to reinvent yeah. the wheel. So I think that's the thing with Staley is the positive is that you come in, you know what you're getting, you know what he's going to do, you know what he's going to run. These defensive assistants and offensive minds are so bright and so far ahead of anything that we are possibly contemplating. If they have to integrate something or add something or adopt something to their regular mindset, they can. Not an issue. Right. The only thing that's always sort of bothered me about the Rams D is that their best player is really like, you know, we know AD is really cut out for what? Five technique and a four three setup, right? Playing a little bit more even fronts, right? Look really cut them loose. That's well, I mean, man, he could do every he could do everything, dude. Exactly. I mean, we saw him Greg Williams four three. Yeah. Three, four. I mean, he's just, he could do whatever, Paul. Let's just be real. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you saw that with Raheem Morris, that on a lot of yeah. passes, now that's what they did. They went to an even front. They were like, you know, uh, multiple yeah. D backs. So, so that situational aspect of it sort of ev- evens everything out. But it's the familiarity that's going to help. Uh, maybe that's what McVeigh is looking for. Listen, if it doesn't happen by Friday, it's not going to be Staley. If it doesn't happen by Friday, it's not going to be stale. It's then we That's know probably Denard Wilson or maybe somebody else. Or maybe they cool. go off the radar, right? But yeah. uh, there are a lot of benefits to having Staley back there. It really is. Pros and cons for sure. <laughs> it's going to put it this way: there's going to be a lot more uh, a lot more Rams fans who aren't happy about it than who are happy about it. Yeah, that much after this. Uh, it's it's <clears> true. And real quick. 
And real quick, I just want to say this quick and fast. I know, shout out to everybody listening that tunes in to the pod. We have people that write in to our other host, Mark. And it's pretty dang cool, man. I We appreciate the, the heck out of all those that tune in. And Mason brought up a good point of Khalil Mack possibly yeah. being somebody a cap casualty a trade for because of Harbaugh coming in. Now, Harbaugh runs a 3-4-2. He likes that style of defense. When he had Fangio back in the Niner, his Niner run, and even at Michigan and his other spots, or even at Stanford, Fangio's with them too. He likes that 3-4 style. So is it likely he's to keep him? Maybe, but I didn't realize how insane Khalil Mack's cap number is. It's almost Ridiculous. forty million. It's for almost forty million. Yeah. I mean, are they gonna? And he's the highest cap player on their roster, more than Joey Bosa, more than the quarterback, more than the receivers, more than Derwin James, and like Derwin that, James' cap number. What's his cap number? Is bananas. I mean, his is, I mean, his is like twenty mil. It's not thirty-eight million like Khalil, yeah. which is insane. But still, for a safety that they were saying was going to be an All-Pro safety, yeah. if you look at his production, nowhere near even close. No, to it, it's definitely not. And but Khalil, at least the dude is—he's still a hell of a yeah. player. I mean, third in the league in sacks this past year with seventeen. Still, uh, he was top. Four in edge defender total tackles. I mean, he was, gosh, fourth in tackles for loss. The dude is still a baller and is still a Pro Bowl level player. Now, is Harbaugh going to keep him for that cap number? I don't think so, guys. I really don't think so. And if they cut him, they're going to save about 15 to 24 million, depending on when they do it in that cap, which is a big, big deal, especially for year one for a coach who wants to win immediately. So I think. If Staley rejoins, Khalil's going to be getting that dead money from the Chargers or that those paychecks, I should say. I'd be in favor of a Khalil Mack, you know, $10 million one-year deal. And let's see what happens if we teamed up with Aaron Donald. Because we tried to get him in 2018. This is known fact, everybody. We tried mm-hmm. to offer more first-round picks in the future in that 2018 season to get Khalil, but the Raiders weren't biting on it. And then and he Ram- ends up getting sent. To, and then he ends up getting sent to the Bears, right? That's what ends up happening. Yeah. But we tried. He's still a hell of an edge rusher. And we talk about Daniel Hunter for 10, 12 million, right? We talk about I, other guys. That's my obviously, guy. That's my obviously, guy. Obviously, Brian Burns and Josh Allen yeah. are my top two. And you know, and hopefully their organizations are stupid and don't <laughs> franchise them or don't try to sign them long term. So we could get yeah. either of those guys. But if Khalil's a cap casualty, which is Really, really possible for an almost $40 million cap charge for an edge rusher. Crazy. I think it's very possible. I just want to share that. And shout out to Mason for bringing that up to Mark and all of us writing into the pod. Because I'm, yeah. fo- I'm in favor of that. Don't even trade any 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 um draft capital. For exactly. what? Let's just wait for them to cut him, which is more than likely. And we can sign him for you know that 10, 12 for one year let's go get hunt the quarterback with aaron donald oh i'm in <laughs> well okay, so, yeah, championships so are built on the bad moves of other teams yeah. right look at what detroit did with stafford right think about that mm-hmm. so the, uh, you know the jalen ramsey deal so you know and all the draft moves right picking up some of the draft picks so 
the championship teams are built on the bad moves of other teams, right? Yeah. The Patriots used to do a great job of that. They're like, wait a minute, somebody's going to get cut that doesn't need to get cut, right? And we're going to be yeah. able to scoop them right up. You know, the the Bosa trade talk was is also building steam, right? And you know, in the beginning, everybody thought it was just lip service, but there are a lot of people saying that it's legit. Um, and Ram Nation also, you know, shout out to Ram Nation. Great job with not only your insights and sharing your comments, but keep in mind, Coming out of the draft, Chris Jenkins, right, the the linchpin of that 3-4 Michigan defense that, or that might be reunited with Harbaugh, right, out there in San Diego. That would be a nice fit. But uh, go ahead, Tom. I know you wanted to. Yeah, no, I just wanted to talk about Khalil real quick. I mean, he's so, yeah, so he, you know, he does. He would take on like a $39, $40 million cap hit if they kept him uh, and with the Chargers. But if they cut him, so then yeah, if they cut him, you're right. Then they, it's, you know, 18 to 20 million dead cap. But the th- the key mm-hmm. is that it, the, the rest of that, it's like 20, uh, $24 million is what he would make um, by, by staying right. Uh, $23 million actually. So um, in addition with roster bonus and, and salary. So what the charges would want to do is they would want to, um, not cutting him outright. What they would want to do is trade him and then see how much, even if they didn't get anything, maybe it's some stupid pick swap, which the Rams are really good at, at doing um, a fifth for a fourth or a sixth for a fifth or something like that. At least they can say they won the trade and then uh, see how much the Rams of that 23 million, the Rams are willing to take on. So question to you guys, let's, so for example, let's say the Rams said, you know what? It's a one-year rental. He's going to be a free agent in 2025. We're willing to pay him $15 million for one year. But we're not going to, you know, we'll do a, a six for a fifth pick swap, you know, next to nothing in draft capital, right? That's so cool then, me. So, so then, yeah. So the question for you guys is, how much is he worth, assuming there's no, there's no draft picks involved or something nominal, how much is he worth for a one-year rental? Well, I, what, what did I say I said that 10 to 12 region, but I say that 12 million, 10 to $12 million range, because what would, what would the chargers be paying him for the trade and or cut? Right. I mean the, the cuts, I should say, cause we're assuming, is that the scenario we're talking about, Tom? Well, no, it, well, oh, what we're saying, if they cut him they're they're on the hook for 18. Oh, you okay, said the so trade. That's, that's correct. Yeah. That, that's dead cap. That's, and if they're, yeah, if yeah, they, yeah. but so what they'll want to do is they'll want to, uh, they, they could, they could, you know, and, and, in in a, all the alternative is to try and trade him yeah, and yeah, yeah. get some draft capital. Right. So the more, yeah. and then as we know what, with what happened with Von Miller, there's a, there's some cash and some draft picks involved. Um, you know, can, there can be some combination, but you know, at the end of the day, if we're just saying, Hey, look, you can pick up if you're, let's just even, you could even just say the scenario where you're bidding against other teams because he got cut. How much is Khalil Mack for one year on the edge for the Rams this year? I think I think there are two players in that same scenario. When we talk, actually, if you want to include both in that conversation, if they're really going to shop him, we'll see. I, I don't think they would ever trade him to the Rams, but um, so if if you're going to look at Khalil Mack seriously, right? And shout out to Mason for bringing that up. But there's also then you got to look at, uh, and I don't even know if it's possible. You know, like I just like I did, never thought it would be possible for Stafford to get dealt to the Rams, for and that happened. Is that Allen? In uh, Jacksonville, both Ian and I think like, and I honestly, if you're going to go that route, like you go with Mac, then you might as well try and wedge Allen out as well, right? Because he yeah. is the one that would 
literally turned this defense just completely around, right, and put it in a totally yeah. different dimension, right? Yeah. So how much would it be worth? Max, if you look at Max um, statistical progression, he got better every year, including this past season. He's still literally. good, man. He's just a great – and the issue is that he can fit on the strong side. That's the issue. Why I think, you know, Mason and Ian's point makes sense is that he fits on the strong side. Not every rusher you bring in can play on the strong side. Shout out to Leonard Floyd, man, for the work that he used to do on the strong side. Shout right? For the strong side for the reason, right? You got to mm-hmm. shut – not only do you got to come after the passer, you got to shut down the run, right? Yeah. So um, I think Mac. The number would have to make sense because, you you know, they finally freed up a lot of cap money, the Rams did, and you don't want to blow it off just on one player. But there are guys like 1A would be Allen, you know, maybe a 1B would be Mac. You know, we know Daniil Hunter will fit because he's going to be a pure free agent anyway, right? So, I mean, there are three really good possibilities. I have, you know, maybe two others in my head that I think would make make sense for the Rams. But I would, I wouldn't be opposed to sixteen mil if they had to, right? I think it would make sense for the Rams. Yeah, your strong side rusher who does produce sacks. The guys produce sacks. He had double digit sacks this year on a really seventeen. He was he was tied for third in the entire league. Like on a really bad defense. Yeah. A really bad yeah. defense, and those were those were offenses that were ahead most of those, uh, games. right? Yeah, and they so they were running the ball a lot. So yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Um, we got both in there, but some of the time when he was healthy. Yeah, I mean, I, I when I said ten to twelve, I mean fifteen million is probably the most I would be willing to eat or pay him. Let's just be real. We still got to spend money on other spots. Yeah. Got to retain Dotson, right? We got there's some money to be spent. Secondary, <clears throat> secondary. You know, his, yes, yes, Jesus. <laughs> so I mean, look at. If Brian Burns doesn't sign with us, which is a very high chance, let's keep it real. He there's there should be a mutual interest, age, production. We tried trading two first for him a, a season and a half ago. Crazy. Right. And so that Josh Allen of the Jaguars are stupid. Daniel Hunter, I wouldn't be opposed. But Khalil, man, he's someone we also tried to trade for because you know, once upon a time, not too long ago. So it's not like this is some shot out of the cannon conspiracy we're trying to we're trying to make up us and Mason are you know our viewer. This is <laughs> truth. Sean likes him, gave the okay, right? Les Need and Tony Pastores in the front office gave the okay for that trade to happen once upon a time. And he hasn't played any worse since 18. I mean, <laughs> we'll see. But 15 million is my my magic number the most. But okay. and remember, if Staley gets hired, we just I you know I just oh, underline familiarity. Yep. Familiarity is is the name of the game. You know what you're getting. You know how to use them. You know the ins and outs. Yeah, that's a real viable option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, well, good stuff. Uh, and let's talk about these championship games uh, that have been played since we last got together. So. Let's start with the uh, let's start with the first game of the day last Sunday, the uh, Ravens hosting the Chiefs. Um, I mean, uh, Paul, did the Ravens just implode? I I don't even I you know listen. uh, Shout out to Balt you know to uh, Baltimore and their fan base. 
a great season all around, honestly. Um, I mean, there's no mystery here, right? Everyone who listens to our pod knows that, you know, I love defense. I love running the football. I love the physicality of it. Uh, I love Lambo Lamar, uh, Lamar, man. You know, Action Jackson is the man. Um, I don't know what they were thinking and why they did not run the ball in that game. I honestly, I, I couldn't even believe the stat line after the game. I said, did I miss something? And I pulled was up the like, stat. Was it eight, eight, eight rushes? By for the game. Back. Yeah, it was for running back. Unbelievable. It was Yeah. Pathetic, So And yep. even, even the defensive game plan was, uh, to me, a bit odd. Right? You know, listen, any team – and look, and listen, obviously it's a lot easier to sit here and watch the game and say afterwards, et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, when are teams going to learn? You cannot let Mahomes sit back there and think that you're going to, you know, wait for him to make a mistake. That's just a silly game plan. That's just not going to work. You know, you got to you got to you got to go after him. You've got to take your chances. You got to say, "All right, beat us with Pacheco." Shout out to Rutgers, right? But you got to say, "Beat us with your running game." And okay, if that's where it's going to be, you know, let's go mano a mano. But that was just a yeah. silly game plan on both sides of the ball. They didn't play to their strengths. I, I don't. I don't get it. And the, maybe one you put of the reasons, an extra guy on Kelsey too. I mean, yeah. And one of the reasons I thought they were gonna, it was gonna be a high scoring game, was going to be that <laughs> each team was gonna be so like, what's not? I don't want to say the word anxious, but uncomfortable. Like after a team would score, the other team was just gonna go after it, right? That's why yeah. I thought there were gonna be a lot of points. Like they would go after that knockout punch every chance they had. And just didn't I don't, I don't know I it was like they were lifeless in the second half it just seemed like they were confused and in terms of what they were doing um, yeah and, and I would to me like it seemed to me like they like the offensive game plan um, terrible plan for for the Ravens was oh we're gonna prove to you that Lamar uh, you know in his second MVP season and let's yeah. face it he's gonna win the MVP for regular season right but. Yeah. They're basically saying, oh, we're going to prove to you that, you know, he's a passing, he's a he's a pocket quarterback, and uh, we don't rely on the run. We don't rely on quarterback runs. Literally, we rely on running back running. We just, you know, he's going to eat you guys up. And, um, I mean, they're going against one of the best secondaries in the NFL. I mean, Legereus needs a real guy, and we should talk about him at some point. Yep, yeah, we brought, brought his name up for possible guys. And yeah, we yeah. Free and, 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 and Duffy is a beast. And, I mean, they got – they got studs back there and you're going to go yeah. back there and let, you know, so Lamar's throwing, you know, getting thrown over, overthrowing everybody all day long. It was oh, just crazy. Golly, so, man. Yeah. It was, it was, I mean, it was tough. To, it was hard to watch. And then, it and was then watching watch. Zay flowers doing oh. the, you know, the try the, the trifecta of taunting, spinning oh. the gal, spin the ball in his head, hover <laughs> over him and then taunt him. The same Not time, good. it's just and that yeah. fumble before the goal line. Oh, was speaking of speed and making a play, oh, yeah, oh, that's oh, painful. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look, look at I just to, to tie this all in. I know it's a ram spot, everybody listening. It just shows you, and we did the same damn thing for whatever reason. The three, and we'll talk about the Lions game too coming up, but yep. the teams, us, Ravens, and the Lions, when things got a little messy abandoned the run and just went, let's just throw it all over the yard. Yes, Jared Goff can sling it. Yes, Matthew Stafford could sling it. Yes, we've seen Lamar sling it. 
And obviously Stafford probably had the best day throwing the football out of those three guys. But how did you get to this point? How did you get into the tournament? How did you advance to the tournament if you're the Ravens or Lions? It's because of running the damn football. And guys, six carries for Justice Hill and Gus Edwards combined in the entire game? Pathetic. Pathetic. And those dudes were running hard, angry, and with, with what's what I want to say, just integrity to beat up on the opposing defense, if that makes sense. And, and to, Ian, for them to not get Ian, any chances, insane. I can't believe it. Did anybody stop the Ravens running game all freaking year? I no. Think so. yeah. <laughs> what game plan did you come up with? I want to know terrible. from Raven fans, send us a pick of what was on that chalkboard that was so amazing oh. that they abandoned what they had done all year and no yeah. one could stop. It's crazy, dude. Not, to, I, mention, not oh. to mention in the playoffs, what do you do? You unle- yeah. that's, that's when you unleash your quarterback, the biggest dual threat quarterback in the league by far. Yeah. And yeah. And the quarterback runs as well. You can run the, you can, you know, unleash those as well. So yeah. they would have played. And, 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 and to your point yeah. about that, and to your point about that gentleman, about the quarterback, this, I looked a little at not the whole game's film. Like I would do for Rams. I, I've had other obligations and work and stuff, but I, I watched a good amount and, Lamar just played awful. There's just no way to say it. He didn't read the field the greatest. And to the point of the run game, dude had gazillion chances to take off and get 7, 8, 10, 15. Even some thought, sometimes during the game, I thought, man, if you would have bolted at this angle, he probably outruns everybody. And he didn't run at all. And it speaks to your earlier point as well, Tom, about either Lamar himself or Monken, the offensive coordinator and Harbaugh, they wanted Lamar to be the gunslinger to win it in this style, playing the Kansas city chiefs and Andy Reed and the Mahomes combo. Yeah. It didn't work. He couldn't handle it. And, and for the The run game, the run game, Lamar, his decisions. And then obviously the decisions not to feed the running backs. It was just awful. Awful, and they deserve to lose because of that. It's crazy. Lamar did not save us like I was hoping, and I said last week, right? (laughs) Lamar save us from save us from another Chiefs bowl, and they they wet the bed on offense. Because, but I will say, shout out to their defense. Shout out to McDonald and Denard Wilson, our our once upon a time hopefuls for DC. They got their unit to play really great defensive football the second half, which should have been plenty to win that game. But the offense and Lamar and the run game was just dreadful. And they took that L, man. Devastating for them. This was their year to make a bowl, right? A- the AFC's weak. Quarterbacks are hurt. You know, no Burrow, no yep. Watson, no Rodgers. Uh, Josh Allen got taken out already. So, oh, man. I feel and for Raven, me more out there. Raven I feel for the D city out there. Tough. And Ravens D did work all year because they won the triple crown on defense. Yeah. yeah, they did. They yeah, did. Again. That was the time we to get pivot, the to them. Before we pivot to the uh, NFC game, a uh, quick update on Tom's bank account. Uh, if you listen to last week's pod, <laughs> I uh, I had my two bets back in July were the field. Uh, I took the field, and the guy I betted took the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. Lost that one. The other bet I made, which gets a different guy, was I took the field, and this guy, the other guy, took the Niners to go to the Super Bowl. Wow. So I just lost 
30 i had 30 teams he had t- they out too and uh you know pain, oh man pain 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 but uh, it is what it is um hey, you win some you lose some my friend i mean that's just how, how it goes yeah, yeah that was nasty i was did not count on that but uh so let's let's shift over to the nfc uh nfc championship game right so here comes the oh, here comes here comes yeah. the lions out to this huge 17 point lead and then in steps the ceo head coach to put his stamp on things <laughs> right he, he's not not good oh, enough just to, like, just to watch his team win he has to be a part of it and uh, you guys know how i feel about that i i uh, yeah, got <laughs> off on that last that, oh, but man. uh anyway so you guys what were your thoughts on on his decisions to continually go for it go for it go for it Real quick, real quick. Speaking of the run games and all that, what did I say last week, gentlemen? I said the Lions have a chance because how do you beat the 49ers? And how do how have any teams beaten them and since Shanahan has taken over and they've built a good roster, right? Obviously, the early years they were still building the team out, but since they've had a legit roster, you have to match their smash mouth old school style. You have to. And that's how you stay competitive and or beat them. Think about, you know, the NFC Championship where we beat them to advance to the bowl and win it. We had to match their physicality, which we had not done up until that point and which we also haven't done much since, right, unfortunately. And that's how you beat them. What did the Lions do? And what did I say? If they run the football and establish that, hey, we're going to be the dominant force in the trenches today, they have a great chance. And it was looking that way for a whole half crazy mm-hmm. the old line was dominating armstead dominating hargrave both had a couple sacks but he was ineffective in the run game fred warner and greenlaw were getting moved a ton in the run game it was working montgomery gibbs thunder and lightning personified probably the, the easily the best running back duo in the league in my opinion just being objective about it it was working and like golf play action hit the receivers tight ends it was going great and then to Tom and every, you know, and the main point of this all, you just got to take the damn points when they're there in a championship game. Exactly. It's, it's, it's look it. And I've seen the debates on the Twitter universe, the Instagram universe, and all over internet, right? About, hey, what did you do to get there? Why change now? Guys, they've never played in the Super Bowl, the Lions franchise. You got to change a little bit to get there, don't you think? That's how I feel. And when you're up that much, where you have a chance to be ahead by 17-plus points against a team who is never, ever good at coming back from those deficits. Because I, what was it, guys? The round two division round against the Packers was Kyle Shanahan's 49ers' first time ever coming back, being down, going into the fourth quarter, ever, in, that, in their run. It was like they were like 0-31 and or something like that, like, I can't, I can't believe it. I just cannot believe how the Lions blew it and how they just didn't take the points that were there to keep extending their lead against a team that can't come back. Incredible. And obviously, there, we can get to the other plays that happened, but I just can't believe it, man. Freaking yeah, Lions. It's, it's hard to hard to watch for sure. We're obviously rooting for the Lions. But, um, yeah, well, anyway, well, hey, we're going to end it there. Uh, good stuff, you guys. Uh, good 45-minute pod here. We keep things a little shorter here in the offseason. And um, we will uh, – let's uh, shoot back next week. We should have a D.C. hopefully by then. 
Um, I don't know. And I mean, cool. at least somebody, if they will, we'll know who it's going to be. If they, if they haven't hired anybody, then it's likely going to be somebody from the, uh, from the Ravens. And we'll also know some of the other, uh, how some of the other cards fell in that, in that realm. So yeah, we'll check in on that. Maybe do a Super Bowl preview. Some of maybe, uh, look at your props. We'll get some good Super Bowl props for, uh, for the audience and, yeah. uh, and see what Tom, we got. Tom will wear his Taylor Swift t-shirt. Yeah, right. I'm gonna. I, I'll tell you what. I you am. I'm all Swift. in. I'm wait, all wait. In. You're gonna, you're gonna wear Taylor Swift's boyfriend's shirt, right? Nobody I'm knows gonna, who Kelsey is. Know, all I of a sudden, right? I, yeah, I, I wouldn't wear Mahomes or something. <laughs> but I, I can't know. go now. I can't do Kelsey, and I don't have anything against Taylor Swift, but I uh, never liked Kelsey. But yeah, I'm definitely all in on the uh, on the Chiefs here. Anybody, anybody, anybody playing the Niners? I'm, I'm all in. Yeah, for yeah. Rams Nation. Let's just be real. I, there were some people that were pissy in our fan base against each other, including myself and others, about how, oh, how can you be choosing the Lions? They were dirty against us. The enemy of my enemy was my friend on Sunday, okay? Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I'm not choosing the 49ers ever. Let's just be yeah, real about no it. No way. Doesn't and I'm not going to change in a couple weeks or in a week and a half or so for Super Bowl Sunday. I'd rather see a birth of a new dynasty and be annoyed with the Swifty nonsense than see the 49ers host Lombardi. I, that's just yeah. let's just I keep it need, real, everybody. We don't need that stuff in the end. I'll, I'll see the I'll see the Mahomes dynasty be officially born than see. I'd rather see that than see the 49ers host the Lombardi. So let's everyone just chill out. It'll be annoying, but Rams Nation, you know who we got to roll with on Sunday in a couple weeks. Come on, let's be real. <laughs> Good stuff, you guys. All right, we'll wrap it up there. Have a great week. We'll catch up with you guys next week. This is the Rams Up Podcast Roundtable Edition. I'm your host, Tom, at Ramsbeat on Twitter with uh, Ian and Paul, as you as always. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week. All right. Double bow, Rams yes, Rutgers pride. Yeah, Rams up. And what did we learn this week? Just run the damn football. On the rock, baby. Jesus. <laughs>